0: Thank you for joining us for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Today, a unique and challenging program. Dr. Youssef welcomes author and radio talk show host, Eric Metaxas, to join him for an open and honest discussion about the troubled state of our culture and our world due to the rise and influence of radical Islam. Eric's radio program is heard throughout the United States in more than 120 cities, He's also a New York Times best-selling author of these titles and more, Martin Luther, Bonhoeffer, Miracles, and Amazing Grace. The heart of today's discussion is found in Dr. Youssef's new book, The Third Jihad. It's an eye-opening examination of radical Islam's intent to dominate the West. But more than that, Dr. Youssef openly challenges you to a life of prayer and action to experience revival— Order your copy today when you give a gift of any amount to Leading the Way. Just call a ministry representative at 866-626-4356. That's 866-626-4356. Or go online to ltw.org. That's ltw.org more details at the end of today's discussion. Now, though, let's join Eric as he digs into Dr. Youssef's background. Listen with me.
1: Most people tuning in expect to hear you preaching a sermon. Right. Uh, you do that so well, it's hard to think that there's anything else worth doing with you, except I know uh, that you've written books, that you're an expert uh, on many subjects, not least Islam. Yeah. Your main degree, is it sociology? Right.
2: So sociology of religion. Yeah. Of religion. Mm.
1: This is something you have studied, right. okay? There are many yeah. great pastors who have not studied this. You've right. studied this. You have grown up in this world. Right. You've written about it. A year ago, we spoke about it in another book that you wrote. Right. It's because of you that I'm persuaded that this is real. I sure. hear a lot about this kind of thing, So you call it, first of all, let's talk about this. You call this the third jihad. Right. Before uh, you tell us why you call it the third jihad, what is it, without my saying it, what is it that makes you such an expert on this? Even though you've studied it, you have a biographical background
2: in the world of Islam. Yeah, well, everything I have is documented. It's not a matter of what I think or how I feel and all that stuff. It's documented. I'll tell you something first and then I'm going to tell you why it's called that. I was in England recently at a very large reception. A very prominent Christian leader got up after I spoke and he said, all these years and all my Christian leadership in this country and around the world, I have never understood the problems." until I read The Hidden Enemy, which is my previous book you referred to. Yeah, we talked about that a year ago. And he said, the documentation is what sold me on the fact that it is truth. It's not somebody just expressing emotions and fear or that kind of stuff. No. And that's why he was almost in tears. One another Christian leader was in the meeting. He wrote an email. He said, I have never seen this person feeling that passionate and that convicted that the time is now we need to do something. Now, the term... Third jihad is not my term, and I want to make sure that that's understood. I did not come up with that. In all the writings of the Islamists, again, as you remember, we always make a distinction between Muslims, and I have many friends who are moderate Muslims, and Islamists, those who have this ideology of dominating the world and paving the way for the caliphate or the if you
1: don't mind my uh, interjecting my sure. own biography, it's the difference. My mother grew up in Nazi Germany. Right. It's the difference between Germans living in Nazi Germany right. and Nazis living in Nazi Germany. Exactly. Some people didn't agree. Yep. Some people, their whole life was yep. to take over the world with national Socialism. Exactly. So you are talking when you talk about Islamists, yes. you're talking about those people. They are dedicated to subjugating the world. Yep. Um, before we go further into why you call it and they call it the third jihad, yeah. uh, a little bit about more about your background. You are obviously
2: from Egypt, from right. other parts. You have grown up in this world. Right. And uh, yeah, first 18, 19 years of my life, uh, I lived in the Middle East. And I still go to the Middle East on the regular basis. I have many dear friends. I have met with world leaders. These are leaders of countries, the majority Muslims, who are as much antagonistic toward Islamist and Islamist ideologies than some of the Europeans, believe it or not, because they know it. They know it firsthand. The reason I want to
1: bring up your background, because you travel so widely, because you know this world from the inside, you bring a very different perspective. Right. You have lived this. Right. You know this. You have a love for the for the Arab people and yeah. for Muslim people. So I just want to be clear: yep. we're not talking about that. We're talking about fanatics. Absolutely. Uh, as I say, it's the difference between a German and a Nazi, yeah. or even between a German and an SS right. uh, officer. Exactly. People who whose whole life yes. is dedicated, dedicated to a strategy. Right. Okay. So let's back to the term third. Jihad. Right. You said it's their term.
2: It's their term, and it's in their writings. And this is where I got it from. It's not a matter of uh, I sat there and said, "What title will I give this book?" It's what I've read in Arabic, uh, some in English as well. People have written about it extensively. You read, and you read Arabic, things, yes. You read Arabic, yes.
1: I'm very impressed. Well, good. I was already <laughs> impressed with you. I'm really. That's uh, actually, well, but that's a key piece, isn't it? Because it's so much of these writings. Yeah are in Arabic. And so most people who don't read Arabic, they get the uh, the whitewashed version yeah, of right. it, right? Because the people, are, they're not stupid. They're no. not publishing in English on websites some of the
2: things that they have in, in Arabic. And I promise you that I have seen with my eyes and heard with my ears some of them that would say something in English, but they would say something totally different in Arabic. How they want to appeal to Western world is different from realities that they say in yeah. their home countries. Sure. I've seen that many, many times as I traveled. But uh, the reason they call this third jihad is these ideologues, these Islamists who are totally committed to implementing worldwide Sharia and committed to bringing about the successor of the Prophet Muhammad. That's right. a caliphate. We right. hear the word caliphate, caliphate. And they're not the vast majority of Muslims. They're a small minority, but they're very vocal, very active in every country, and they have various strategies. So let's go back to the third jihad. Why is it the third? Because they say, again, they, in their writing, and it's all documented. The first jihad was around the 700s when they came all the way to France. They invaded Christian lands. They went up north from Arabia to... Syria, Palestine, Lebanon, and then they went west to Egypt, North Africa, and all the way to the French country, and they were knocking on the door until Martel turned him back. And Martel,
1: you think everybody knows who Martel is? Charles Martel, right? Charles the Hammer Martel. See this is the history, this yep. is why I love talking to you, because sure. when you look back, yes. you see that uh, there are things happening many years ago that are totally relevant today. Right. And so Martel was what year? In the early 700s, okay. late 600s. And so, it, but it's amazing so, yeah. to me that, that this, is, this is, we're talking now 1,400 years ago, right. an effort to take over Europe. Right. It's rebuffed. Yep. And then a number of years later, around 1,500, yeah, another effort yeah. to take over, and it is by the grace of God rebuffed. Right. And it's just, in historical terms, yeah. it's just a few years later now, right. the same thing
2: is happening the third time. Exactly. They themselves say this. We fail to take Europe to them, Europe is the heart of Christendom as far as they're concerned. And
1: Rome is that, is that part of it?
2: Yeah. That's part of it, oh, right? absolutely. In other words,
1: this is not just, you know, like Hitler wanted more Lebensraum, he wanted more room. This is not the case. In other words, with these Islamists, they specifically are anti-Christian and they want to destroy Christendom. It's not just an issue of we want more room. They want to destroy Rome and they want to go into the heart of Christian Europe. Exactly. Even though Europe has slidden toward paganism, they want to destroy Christendom.
2: Well, at least dominate it. If they don't want to destroy it, they want to dominate it. They want to make Islam to be dominant. They want the Sharia to dominate Europe. At least those of modern times. And so they say, we failed in the 700s to take over Europe. We failed in the 1400s, came all the way to the doors of Vienna. And when we turned back, uh, they took part of Spain, but that also later on was taken back from them. But they said, now it's the third jihad, which is going to be the final push to occupy Europe and bring the Sharia into Europe. Now, there is also talk now that saying, well, if our brethren in Europe have this ideology, why can't we, the Muslims or the Islamists in America, do the same for the United States? And we want to call it the Islamic States of America. The Islamic States of America. Right. And it's right there in their
1: writings. Well, part of what's there's so much that's interesting to me here. First of all, we live in a very liberal country. And I say liberal in the positive sense of the word. I understand. We are tolerant Classical to liberal. others. Yeah. Okay, I'm a Christian. I don't approve of sex outside of marriage, but I am tolerant and I love people who disagree with me. Right. And I don't want to subjugate them. I don't want to destroy their lives. I have a point of view and we live in a country we get along. Right. But what you have pointed out to me in the past is that People with a different ideology, we see it sometimes with gay and transgender activists. Right. They take advantage of the ideas of tolerance, these beautiful American ideas. Exactly. And they cynically exploit them yep. in a way to kind of bully people into shutting up, right. into not giving opposition. Now, we've seen the Islamists have done this very successfully right. in England yes. and in Europe. And they are also doing it here. I mean, I know this is true. Yes. And this is part of what you call the third jihad.
2: Right. And it is prongs I mean, they say we're going to use our investments, the billions, if not trillions of dollars invested in Europe. We're going to use the birth rate because we are increasing by five or six a year while they're negative in the European That's a big, that's a big thing. It's, it's it's the Europeans,
1: the very liberal Europeans, and you see this here, mostly among politically liberal people that they kind of think, well, I don't want to bring children into this messed up world, or uh, I don't want to be burdened with children. Meanwhile, Muslims have precisely the opposite attitude. They're having many children. Right, and
2: having four wives. And while polygamy officially illegal in Europe, it is winked at on the part of European governments, including England. Okay, now this gets to the heart of it, right? In other words, there is a cynicism
1: here because the Muslims are using the fear of the West. In other words, the Western leaders do not have the guts to take it on. So they will officially say polygamy and bigamy has always been illegal and it's still illegal, but they do nothing to enforce it. In other words, they're already allowing people yeah. to push them into abdicating their centuries
2: long values. In fact, it happens in, in uh, Minnesota, <laughs> among the Somali community. So it's happening in America as well. And in Europe, the four wives would get welfare checks, a very simple reason, the women in the Arab world do not change their maiden names, they keep their maiden names. And even Christians in the Middle East, they do that. It's just part of the culture. They do not take their husband's name. So these four wives, they all have their maiden names, and therefore they get the welfare check, all four of them. How how can,
1: I mean, maybe you don't have an answer to this, but I know there are voices in the House of Lords, uh, Baroness Caroline Cox and others who know exactly what is happening, and they've cried out against it for decades. Where is the Churchill of today?
2: I know... I was in the House of Lords, hosted by senior members of the House of Lords, my wife and I, just a few weeks ago. And when the time came for us to talk openly about this, they were kind of lowering their voices. We are in this incredible, incredible institution. And they were kind of speaking softly because they don't want to create problems. For for themselves. Yeah. And so part of their strategy, the Islamist strategy is to penetrate and infiltrate political parties. They are infiltrating the Labour Party and they're infiltrating the Democratic Party in the United States. For example, we have three Muslim women and for the first time in 181 years in the history of the Congress where the law says you do not have a head cover, but because of an Islamist elected member of Congress in the year 2018, and she wears the hijab. They're going to change the law, and they say now wearing hijab in Congress because of this congresswoman who's going to swear on the Quran and so forth. Uh, we need to change the law. It's going to see. This is very
1: complicated.
2: Somebody brought this up. I was talking
1: to a group yesterday, and the very subject came up. And I thought to myself, in America anyone is allowed to be elected. In other words, I don't care if someone's elected and they want to wear a hijab or whatever. That's not the issue. The question is, is their fidelity first and foremost to the Constitution or to something else? If your fidelity is to something else, you cannot be a true American. It has nothing to do with whether you're a Muslim or wear a hijab. It's Uh, your fidelity. We know this came up with John F. Kennedy, okay, in 1960 election they said he's going to be faithful to the Catholic Church and not to the Constitution. You can be a Catholic, you can be a Protestant, you can be an atheist, you can be a Muslim, as long as you have fidelity to the Constitution. But what you're talking about yeah. is a specific, designed goal yep. to infiltrate and not to have fidelity to the Constitution. Others
2: to come within the system right. to undermine the system. Yeah. Constitution, uh, I mean, if you really put a gun to their head, they said, yeah, it has to come second to Sharia because, I mean, that's the whole reason they're motivated to run, they're motivated to make speeches, they're motivated to infiltrate political parties, is because they say, yeah, yeah, we believe the Constitution. But then if you press them, they'll say, well, second to the Sharia.
1: Right. But but see I would say the Bible comes before the Constitution, except except the Bible does not contradict the Constitution, and the Constitution and the, Constitution and the values yeah. come from Scripture. Now you put your finger on it That's right now. It. Yes. Yeah, that's the difference. So so if difference. you're a Christian, a devout Christian, you have no problem Absolutely. W- with the Constitution. In fact, being a Christian, if you're in politics, the Constitution is the greatest document you can have outside yeah. of Scripture because it has scriptural values that respect everyone. But Sharia law and the Quran do, do not. not.
2: That's right. And that's why so many Christians who really love this country have absolutely no qualms. In fact, they are supportive. They're they're defenders of the Constitution because they know how it was written. They know the ethos behind it, the heart behind it, the knowledge of the scripture behind it. But Islamists who are really committed, first and foremost, to the Sharia, and the Sharia says there is no God but Allah, and therefore, you know, we are all infidels. And so that is the core of their reasoning why they're infiltrating the political parties and why they're getting involved and why they want to change slowly. It isn't part of this, that
1: if the gospel is well represented in the United States, I mean, in a time of revival where most Americans love Jesus and believe in the Bible, we won't have these problems. But what's happened, let's say, at least in the last 50 years, is that liberals have moved away from classic liberalism. That's right into a kind of... Militant. Uh, ...father, Father um, uh, Richard John Newhouse called it the naked public square. In other words, instead of saying we have a healthy separation of church and state where the state doesn't bother the church and lets the church be the church, right. we have liberals have increasingly moved away to say we don't want the church to have anything to do with our politics. And so by making a secular political world, you
2: open the door to Islamists taking over. Sure you create a vacuum because the vacuum will be created when the foundation of the constitution and the, which is the biblical truth is undermined. Once that's undermined then you got nothing but the uh, shell. Okay so
1: the reason we're here is not just to highlight the problem which is a real problem and I want to say Dr. Yusuf. I'm so thrilled that you have alerted me to this idea of the third jihad and that we're able to tell uh, your audience about this because this is unfortunately extremely serious. Mm. But the question then becomes, what can we do about it? Because we're not just here to complain, we're here to say God has
2: a solution. Yes. Well, I'm just reading a book by Dave Horowitz uh, called The Dark Agenda. In fact, uh, I'm going to endorse it. He asked me to, I'll be endorsing it. And here is an agnostic Jewish scholar, gentleman, who is writing in this book to say that this America is a Christian country. And regardless of how I feel, the truth is the truth is the truth. And that's why I agreed to endorse his book. And so we are seeing people who are not necessarily committed Christians, but if they love the truth, they're going to have to say, yes, this is the truth. But now of course, with the militant secularism, with the militant right, right. liberalism, who are intolerant of the Christian point of view are the ones who are creating that vacuum. And who is going to fill the vacuum? Force. Because once you have a weak environment, who's going to be the victor? Is the one who's going to use force. The one who's going to bring fear
0: into people's hearts and minds. And then they have to acquiesce to them. The enemy is most certainly using fear as a weapon in the battles of today. Powerful content on today's Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. And do remember our website, ltw.org, if you need to get in touch with us for any reason. In fact, that's where you can also watch a video of today's discussion. Just go to ltw.org. Well, what you've heard today is just barely touching the content of what can be found in this brand-new book, The Third Jihad, by Dr. Michael Youssef. In this book, Dr. Youssef offers detailed historical accounts regarding the rise of Islam throughout history and practical challenges for you to stand up and experience revival. In fact, here's Dr. Youssef with some words of challenge for you. My friend, this book,
2: The Third Jihad, if it's not going to transform your thought, and your understanding of what's going on in the world, i give it to you free. This is a significant book, probably the most significant book in the last decade, because the title, The Third Jihad, comes from what they are saying that they have waged already in Europe and they're coming to the United States. This is the third jihad time. So get it, read it, and understand what's
0: going on in our world today. The Third Jihad is available to order right now when you give a gift of any amount to Leading the Way. You should make note, all proceeds go to the many effective worldwide ministries of Leading the Way. So call a representative now, 866-626-4356. That's 866-626-4356. And of course, you can place your order at ltw.org. In fact, while you're there, watch the video of this conversation between Dr. Youssef and Eric Metaxas. It's right there for you at ltw.org. Well, there is much more to the conversation that Dr. Youssef and Eric had today, so next time on Leading the Way, you'll get to listen to the rest of their discussion. In fact, here's just a sample of what you'll hear.
1: The third jihad is real. If we don't do something about this, our churches will become mosques. In the United States of America it chills me to say it, but in 2050, which is a few years from now, we will have that in the United States for real. Most Americans have
3: no idea. This is a wake-up call. America isn't going to be taken down from the outside. It's going to be because we let the outside come in. There are people out there who are targeting Western civilization, targeting people who are not Islamists. The third jihad is
2: happening right now in front of
3: eyes. This book, The Third Jihad, hopefully will take Americans and Christians by the shoulders and shake us out of our lethargy and our apathy.
2: Dr. Youssef shared in the Third Jihad book, The History, where the first jihad come from, where the second jihad come from, and so give you a foundation to understand where the radical Islamists come from.
3: If someone were to come up to me and ask, why do I need to read the third jihad? I would say, do you want to know what's happening right now? Do you want to know what's happening in the future? Do you want to see how we got here? I remember a phrase that I read in the book that says, it all happens gradually and then suddenly. And right now, I believe we're is happening gradually. We're unable to see it. That's the scary part. My biggest takeaway from the Third Jihad would be the importance of realizing that if we don't act now, it's going to be too late.
2: The stories that Dr. Yusuf share in the Third Jihad is easy to understand.
3: And I feel better equipped now after having read the Third Jihad. It's a good thing that, that this book, The Third Jihad, has come along because now we have some a manual, if you will, with which to fight back and with which to be armed and to be forewarned. And I think every Christian in America needs to get this in their hands. Request your copy of Dr. Youssef's new book, The Third Jihad, today for your gift of any amount. Give a gift of $100 or more, and you'll also receive the audiobook for The Third Jihad. Call, write, or visit us online at ltw.org, ltw.org, to order your copy today.